0: Love,
1: talk Radio. Dr. Anonymous Show 76 from Med School. show where we
0: go beyond
1: the blog, connecting you with the best people in medicine and new media. I am, of course, your favorite physician host. I am Benjamin Button, and you can also call me Dr. A. and uh, you can always find me at DrAnonymous.com. Today is Thursday, February 19th. 2009, And it is, of course, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, otherwise known as Rock Dog Time. It is 18 degrees Fahrenheit. Of course, with those winds out there this evening, it feels like 3 degrees above zero. It is cold. Um, our guest tonight, who will be joining us in just a few minutes, some of you may know his name is Colin. And he is from the blog called From Med School, Med School spelled with a K, you can find it at frommedschool.com. Colin is uh, a fourth-year medical student and will be graduating um, in just a few months. And uh, tonight, uh, I've asked him to come on the show tonight to uh, give us a little bit of a glimpse of what it's like to uh, go through the uh, residency interview process. Uh, And he's also got a great post about it on his blog from MedSchool.com, and uh, it's called uh, Interviewing for Residency. So that kind of uh, takes you behind the scenes of of, uh, what it's like to uh, interview uh, for residency. So that'll be uh, good for us to uh, talk about. And some of you also may know that Colin is one of the keepers of the uh, wildly popular medical blog called Grand Rounds. And uh, many people, including me, uh, consider Grand Rounds the granddaddy of them all when it uh, comes to making your a name for yourself in medical blogging. So we'll talk about how he got involved with that. I'm very curious about that myself, and uh, we'll see how kind of that's uh, that's going. And as always, uh, we'll be taking your phone calls as well. Uh, But first, I would like to thank uh, Blog Talk Radio for featuring our show again this evening. We're also featured on iTunes, and welcome to those of you who are new to the show, either listening live or on the archives. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I am a a family physician um, in full-time private practice, meaning uh, I see patients five days a week in the hospital and in my office here in beautiful northeastern Ohio, and I have my blog for two years uh, now, and uh, this show for a year now, more than a year now. And if you would like to join the show later this evening, the number here is uh, 646-716-9514. If you're listening live, and how can you not listen live? You can see my smiling face on the webcam this evening. You can see I am still in my work clothes. I'm still in my my gapper uh, shirt and tie. I was at a hospital board meeting. uh, I just got home probably about uh, 30 minutes ago, and I've been... Frantically trying to uh, get the show ready for you people out there because I'm a giver. I love all you people out there. Uh, so uh, I do want to uh, give a hi and hello to everybody in the chat room. Hello, chat room. So we have Ramona, we have Christina, we have Annie and Burl, we have the dead man, we have the ribbon rock dog, freaking bed. Enrico is back. Shout out to Enrico. Thank you for showing up, and you are the man. We missed you. Uh, we have many, many, many. We have uh, Epi Junkie also in our chat room, and uh, if you're not here, why are you not here? Because uh, we're going have, gonna to have some fun tonight, so I think I've gotten all of my intro stuff out of the way, and uh, we will be uh, bringing our guest on right after this uh, musical, ble- musical break. Uh, you are listening to the Dr. Anonymous show, a proud member of the ProMed Network of Medical Podcasts. You can find out more information at ProMedNetwork.com. Right after this, we'll be calling from, from Med School Blog, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Dr. Anonymous show. I think we have our guest on the line. Hello, Colin. Welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, Thanks for having me.
1: So how are you doing this, uh, this evening there, Colin?
2: I'm doing pretty well. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe better than most. I'm down in South Texas right now. It's, it's probably a, a balmy 70 degrees and a clear night out. So. <laughs> where, uh, where are you
1: located uh, down
2: there? I right now I'm doing a rotation like right on the border so so I am in Brownsville, Texas right now.
1: Ah, okay. Well, very good. So, uh you're not working right now, are you?
2: I well, well, well actually I am. I stepped outside. I'm kind of in a I'm kind of in a strange rotation of using my elective time during fourth year to do some some advocacy and international rotations down here so my little group is working with a with a youth group, kind of implementing their teen pregnancy prevention curriculum. They're having fun right now. We took them out for a pizza party, but <laughs> so, but it's not really work. I can't I can't really call it that. So.
0: Well,
1: yeah, well, well great, great. Well, I mean, if, yeah, if you have to go at any time, you just let me know. No, no, no. Uh, but uh, you know, I know, I remember. it Wasn't you know what it was like you know back in the last century to uh, be a medical student and. Uh, Fourth year was uh, pretty pretty cush. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> we'll
1: uh, we'll uh, get into that in a little bit. So why don't we just kind of dive into things here? So uh, so wh- where are you originally uh, from, and uh, how did you uh, uh, get this interest uh, in health and medicine starting out?
2: I um I took a pretty circuitous route. I am originally from Texas. I'm originally from San Antonio, and uh, that's where I'm in medical school right now, actually. So I came home. I went away to California for a while, and I thought I wanted to make, kind of, kind of make it big in Hollywood. So I wanted to be a writer and director, so I went to film school. It's actually what I did for my undergrad. And um, probably about halfway through, I, I realized that wasn't for me. Started looking for other things, and um, medicine just just fell in love with it. Got to shadow out some physicians, and so ended up back home uh, in medical school.
1: So is there uh is there anybody in your family in, in medicine at all or?
2: Yeah, there is. My my mother was a physician and um well, was a physician. She went to medical school pretty late, so I remember I remember her doing that. So that when I started looking for for things, uh when I realized Hollywood probably wasn't for me and waiting tables for the next five years wasn't what I wanted to do with my future. Um, yeah, she was definitely an influence. So I had that to go mm-hmm. so,
1: Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, so did you actually you know, head out to Hollywood in Los Angeles and try to explore that uh, avenue out there? How, how, what was that experience like? Um,
2: it was interesting. Uh, it's, it's about as pretentious uh, a world as kind of the mythos, as the mythos says it is. Um, so that was one of the reasons it wasn't really for me. But, uh, but you know, I, I met. A lot of really talented creative people, and I'm hoping some of them make it big someday, so I can be i can say i I knew them when they were 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 still working towards it mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a lot of fun definitely
1: so did, did you go out there with like a like a script or something like that that you were trying to like, trying to sell or were you you were doing kind of the actor route or um, I, I'm just kind of curious about about that because I, yeah. I, I, mean, I haven't heard of uh, or I haven't talked to a lot of people who you know went that route.
2: I um, I was lucky. I thought, I thought I wanted to write and direct. I, I definitely never in front of the camera. You know, always kind of behind it. And uh, I went out there and was in a in film school at uh, the University of Southern California. Um, so kind of. Uh, kind of a professional degree program um, is 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 how I was kind of trying to make my, my inroads in the industry, and uh, about halfway through that degree program, I started looking at other things, because I wasn't quite sure Hollywood was what I wanted to do. I took the LSAT, actually, took the MCAT, you know, started just looking around and, and realized medicine was probably where I belonged, so... Hmm. Changed my mind how long uh,
1: how long were you out there for before you said this is not really not for me
2: i i was I was out there for two years and then I spent another two years out there after that kind of doing my uh prereqs for medical school and, and all that so a total of four years
1: okay great um so what 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 uh what med school are you at right
2: now? I, it, it's it's uh, UT San Antonio so University of Texas okay.
1: okay okay is that close to where you live or I, how did you pick uh, why do you want to go
0: there
2: yeah it's it's San Antonio is originally my hometown and so um, when I was applying to medical school I only applied in Texas and uh, and just ended up back home which was you know fortunate I guess I was definitely ready to come back so <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: uh, well, let's uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about uh, about med school itself because I know I get a lot of questions about that, and especially uh, kind of your uh, your first year. Did uh, uh, w- what was that kind of experience like? And if everybody, you know, asked me, or, or probably asked you too. You know, what what was it like? You know, uh, you know, working on a cadaver and, and that whole type of experience. How would you describe that?
2: Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of information. I loved anatomy personally. Um, I I thought that was the funniest part of medical school, and you're you're so blessed to get to to have these people who, are, who who donate their bodies for for you to learn essentially, you know, just to and hopefully you'll you'll take that knowledge and do some good with it. Uh, what was weird about especially the first two years of medical school? It's like so much of it is learning almost a new language. It's it's, it's almost like a lot of vocab that's. That's the way me and my friends kind of describe it, and it's just uh, it's really like drinking from from a fire hose, and especially that first year, you just <laughs> that first semester. You just so, have to take uh,
1: it so. It, it's so weird that you say that because I, I hear that analogy. That that's the most common analogy that I hear uh, from from the whole experience. Is that And I've heard it from from everybody. Is that you're trying to take this information in. And uh, but people say that you know you you you, uh, you have a fire hose and it's a turn on full blast and and uh, you we're all expected to not only absorb the information, understand it, and, and be ready to be tested on it. And that was just a uh, uh, you know, just a, a I mean, it, I don't know about you, but I I learned a lot about myself going through that whole process. And 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 you probably like me as well. You know we. We, we lost some friends along the way, you know, and and people maybe we knew from college, and they just couldn't they couldn't uh, cut it, and it was just it, it's sad when uh uh when, you know when you find out that you know somebody didn't make it or we either you know, they had a personal problem they had to take some time off, and uh, so that's that that's kind of the thing that that uh, you know maybe that uh, you know we don't talk about as much.
2: Yeah, I think I I think so. My class probably my. The UT medical schools are really big, but my class probably lost uh, that first year. Probably lost fifteen or twenty people, maybe maybe a little bit less than ten percent of the class. And it, um, you know, in truly the worst ones are the are, and I I don't know what I would have done if this had happened to me. But um, you know, maybe maybe the kids who make it all the way to the end of the year and then have to remediate or make it. Into and then decide, you know what? I'm not sure I can put up with this. Or and so I I think most of them probably probably figured that out. Uh, most of the people in my class, at least, probably figured that out pretty pretty early. Which I guess I guess if you're gonna find a silver lining, is is a good thing. At least I didn't you know spend nine months and then and then decide medicine wasn't for them. But that was that's it is really tough to see that happen to people because it's like a life mm-hmm. dream for a lot of a lot of people and to get there and then realize you yeah, maybe maybe i was wrong so i agree yeah. definitely um well let's kind of move forward a little
1: bit as far as uh, kind of your first uh, clinical rotations that you uh what, what do you remember about uh you know first uh getting your first pager and uh you know being uh your first nights on call or, or working with patients uh, in the hospital. Well, what do you remember about those kind of first type experiences?
2: I I remember being so excited. I don't know I don't know about you, but it's it's kind of what you. I mean, obviously you're incredibly nervous, but you know, if any of your listeners don't know, the first two years of medical school are just largely spent in the classroom, if like college all over again, except. You know eight hours a day in in the lab or in the classroom, and to finally be on the wards, I was thrilled my first day i, I maybe, maybe my first or second day i was i i actually did my first rotation was on medicine it was at an army hospital and i I grabbed a the patient that was a new admission and i'm pre rounding so so I can present him and the guy's in in isolation room and I go in there and I get a page and that was just a, it was like a thrill to to have a page and someone was actually using it. And it turned out my, my intern was paging me to, to not go see that patient because apparently the Department of Defense had a policy where medical students weren't supposed to see TB patients. But, so it was a little bit of a screw-up on my part. But just to get that first page was, you know, exciting. It made you feel like you are part of the team and, you know, you're finally out in the hospital and, and getting there. Make at least a little bit of a difference. So,
1: do you uh, do you remember one of the first uh, <clears throat> like procedures or something that that you done when when you were on call or something like that? Usually, people remember one of those first type of things.
2: Um, yeah, I remember neurology was was my second month. I remember remember trying to do my first LP, and and the patient being so polite and, and patient with me. Uh, even though my resident probably rightly eventually took it away, and I didn't get it, but you know, um, God bless her, because because uh, it was,
1: yeah. I uh, <clears throat> one of my first uh, procedures. I was uh, I was on uh, internal medicine rotation, and uh, my my uh, intern uh, called me to the uh, intensive care unit and they wanted me to get a, a blood gas and for people who don't know what that is is uh you know you, you basically stick a needle in the wrist in 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 a uh uh in the artery in the wrist uh which is uh can be very challenging and i was uh uh reviewing the chart um i saw this this person was uh hiv positive and uh, oh, wow. that's when it that's when it really hit me i'm like oh this is like this is like, you know, go time. This is like, this is not <laughs> theoretical. I mean, this is don't, like, you know, you no know, mess around. I mean, this is, you know, your, your first rotation, one of your first procedures. And, uh, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, uh, I guess for me, that was one of the first times it really hit me. I'm like, this is like real, this is not playtime. This is not for fun. I mean, this is like, you know, real stuff. So that something like that really, uh, really, uh, impacted me. Uh, so, now, I, I, I guess I, as you went through your uh, rotations there, uh, it, was there a certain time or, where, where you figured out, well, you know, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life or this is the specialty that I want to choose?
0: Yeah,
2: I guess I um, I liked almost everything. And going in, uh, I was thinking I, I might want to do something with my hands. Uh, my mother wasn 't a surgeon at all but but i uh but i don 't know i 've always i 've always been pretty good with my hands and, and enjoy working like that so that 's what I was thinking and I got to my surgery rotation and uh it kind of kind of confirmed that for me and then serendipitously my uh my school the way they do it is they they put you on uh, six weeks of general surgery, and then they just kind of assign you to two different surgical subspecialties for three weeks each. And serendipitously, one of those was was something I really fell in love with. So, so I um, I knew about halfway through third year, and I was I was pre sold. Although every I was surprised, I was really really surprised. I thought, you know, something like psych, I went in there dreading that rotation, but I enjoyed all of my third years. Really, I would have been happy doing just about anything in medicine. And
1: so. when you uh, when you applied to medical school, did you were you leaning one way or the other, or did were, were you thinking, well, I'm, I would want to be this at the end of this journey, or not really?
2: Um, I I didn't I didn't have like a, a really specific thing, but but definitely it was kind of weighted towards something surgical when I
0: was
1: applying. So it was like around uh, midway through your third year, I'm like, this is what I want to do, or, or were you even at the end of your third year saying, I'm not really sure yet?
2: No, I, I definitely had some friends who were still, still contemplating it, but I, I, I got lucky, and I did my surgery rotation about halfway through, um, like just after Christmas break uh was when I did my surgery rotation my third year, and I, yeah, I was sold, so.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's, that's good because probably at that point, uh, what, what most, just to let people know what most medical students do, I mean, you know, with, at some point during your third year, you have to plan ahead for your fourth year as far as what rotations you want to go to, especially if you want to go to a program or to a place that's very uh, competitive. Um, and sometimes, you know, you have to go to a place where you want to train or, you know, get familiar with that program. So, so I, I presume, like Brainy, after your surgery rotation, that you said, you know, I really have to plan this out as far as where I want to go and where I want to apply. So, was that kind of your thinking at that point, or?
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's exactly like you said. I sat down with the with the chairman of uh, the department of my school and, and said. Hey, I think this is what I want to do. You know what steps do I need to need to take? So I was already planning for my first fourth year, um, pretty much right after my surgery rotation ended. And I, like you said, I went and did a two away rotations at programs I thought I'd be interested in. Um, And I was, you know, those were you have to set those up basically while you're still in your third year. You know, send away applications to to do those rotations and set up all your insurance and. Blah blah blah, but um, so I, I, you're right. I was very lucky to know to know that early in my third year. That uh sorry, i getting loud. <laughs> I was very lucky to know. I was very lucky to know that early in my third year, so I could set everything up. So, yeah.
1: So, I, I feel bad. I I I, I think you're. I, I'm, I'm taking you away from this big party that's going on. So no no no. <laughs> um so I, 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 and one of the first uh, kind of uh, branch points as far as decision making process what I, I, from my experience in, in in talking with medical students is you know do you want to stay local that could mean local or in the state or out of state um, what What was kind of your thought process there as far as trying to figure out you know where you want to do your rotations
2: yeah that's, that's true um i i uh well without give it away too much of my rank list, which is already yeah, I
1: know,
2: I, I, yeah, I
1: trying to be as generic as possible. So. Exactly.
2: Um no, uh mine was actually not actually very uh constrained uh geographically. I actually sat down with, with my chairman and the program director of my school and I said, you know, these are I kind of have some outside interests and I I think uh as well Maybe in the future, you know what what I wanna do with my my surgical training Where do you think would be good programs for for me to look at and kind of from that list, I picked a couple of places and did my own research online and things like that and then uh so i I actually went on a way rotation in state in Texas and then I went back out to California for one as well so um, I guess I didn't go very east east coast, yeah
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so I, I guess kind of moving towards more towards the fourth year then you're doing these rotations and uh, and then I guess uh, one of the things I guess I want to jump to is is is, is this uh, uh, the interview process um, I, I guess kind of tell people as far as um, uh, what was your strategy as far as what timeline did you want to do did, did you want to Scheduled that stuff kind of earlier in your year, midway in your year, or how did you kind of uh, schedule your your fourth year?
2: Um, so, so like we said, for for people who don't know, um, some some students choose to do away rotations just to kind of get a feel for the program, let them see you, um, and and those are you can do them later, but uh, especially in the specialty I was going into, it was kind of Kind of a, an early process so i I did a rotation again with with my department at home was the first thing I did, and then back to back I did uh, away rotations so i was I was living out of suitcase for for like two months um, and uh, and most most of uh, my interviews the the way I, I schedule them um, the interview season depending on on the specialty ones, anywhere from as early as as October uh, till you know f- till uh, January or or even or even early February, and most of mine were were kind of later, just because of the way it, it worked out. So.
0: hmm
1: And just uh, just to kind of let uh, people know is that you know people find out. Uh, where they're going to residency next month, so this is kind of a, a touchy type time to talk about the real, real <laughs> specifics. So that's why I'm kind of uh, keeping my questions real generic. Uh, so just exactly just kind of a month moved. away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 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 did, I did want to touch on the, the interview experience, and uh, you know, of course, I don't want you to get into any any specifics uh, that you're not comfortable with. But I, I guess maybe share with the audience as far as you know, what, uh, you know what what was your experience as as far as interviewing? I mean, was it was it uh, you know, um, you know I, I mean, how was it for it? Was it was it uh, something you expected? Did you know something going in, or how would you describe that experience?
2: Um, it was it was surprisingly varied. So I'm going into a surgical set specialty I think um, I don't know I think the specialty I'm going into it may uh it may pimp a little bit more but but I'm, for the most part it was it was very congenial you know it felt um with a lot of the faculty like you they were just trying to get to know you are you gonna fit in well here uh every once in a while you know they pull out an MRI or something like that ask me to read it I actually had to play to, i guess to text test my dish. Dexterity. I had to play Operation at one interview and uh, Jenga, and which was interesting. Uh, I did better at Jenga, I think, than than Operation. I don't know what that says about my future, but um, but in general, it was just you know, uh, get to know you and and you get to know the faculty there and the the residents, and I I actually had fun on a lot of interviews, so.
1: so. Yeah, it's always interesting talking to students as far as you know. What are they ask during interviews? And uh, you know, basically for me, you know, I'm I'm in primary care. I'm in family practice, um, and uh, um, it, it's not um, uh, we we don't get kind of the trick questions that that uh, maybe other people get. And uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, uh, talking with people like, like Jenga, like, like I, I would like Jenga. What would I do talking about Jenga? You know what I mean? Is this like, are they, just, are they just, are they just trying to mess with me? Are they trying to see, you know, what's going on? Or so it's interesting talking to, to uh, at least my colleagues back then, as far as they made you do what? Uh,
0: so,
2: exactly. so
1: those are, those are kind of interesting, uh, interesting uh, things that you share there.
2: Yeah. And you know what, what was very interesting and i I hope I keep in in contact with these people, but um, the specialty I'm going into is is fairly small, and I, you know, I saw the same people over and over and over on the interview trail, and so I I actually made made friends on the trail and just you know people I would love to have as my my co-residents and and I guess colleagues in the future. So it was it was interesting to meet meet kids from all over the country and and just get to travel the country. I actually had some fun on the trail, definitely.
1: Oh. Uh, the, the chat room is asking what specialty. Let, let, let me let me ask you this: did, did you rank more than one specialty in your list, or not? I I
2: didn't. I um. I I well, I guess I guess I can't hurt. I uh, I going into neurosurgery. Okay. And that's the only thing I ranked.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Well, that well, okay, that's
1: interesting. So uh, if that was the only thing you ranked, then you know like. I, um, maybe I can ask you about that a little bit then. So what uh, what what kind of draws you or drew you towards that? Did, did you have a, a lot of neurosurgery uh, during your surgical rotation itself, or how did you get interested in that?
0: Yeah,
2: like I said, it was just serendipitous. My school made me do six weeks of general surgery and then three weeks each of, of two subspecialties. And one of mine that my school just assigned me to was neurosurgery third year. And so uh, I got... I got really lucky and it, I've always I've always thought this was a little bit weird about how, how medical students have to choose what they're gonna spend their life doing because I I feel like sometimes you don't see everything or or nearly everything and it was just it's just the look at a draw that this is what I saw and it's just the look at draw that at at my uh at my school the people I worked with in the neurosurgery department were were awesome. I'm sure if I hadn't gotten along with the residents or or you know, or the faculty, no matter how cool the surgeries had been, i this wouldn't be what I was going into. But some of the things I really liked about it, I I liked kind of the acuity of it. I really liked neuroscience in my neuroanatomy class when I was going through the first two years. So um so looking back, maybe maybe it's something I should have had an interest in even before. But but um yeah that's really kind of what attracted me to
0: it yeah so
1: i i guess kind of to, to share with the audience too then uh um to let people know i mean the whole process is i mean it's 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 uh you know four years of college four years of medical school um so for neurosurgery what what is the the training process after that until you're kind of a a real doc or, or an attending
2: um so mine it used to be that you had to to do a, a one year general surgery internship and then six more of neurosurgery. Um, with the work hour restrictions and the neurosurgery community be concerned about, about your experience there, it's still seven years, but they're doing away with the general surgery internship. So I will go straight into, into neurosurgery training and then um, spend another, the next seven years doing that.
1: Seven years, wow. <laughs> oh man. Um so I I guess kind of uh looking back then, um uh, is there uh what what kind of advice would you give to, you know, medical students coming up or, you know, those people who are going to be senior students uh, next year as far as the whole interview process, uh what 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 kind of insights would you, you know, would you want to tell them?
2: Um I think you know, it's it's a it's a lot of obvious things, but you see people you see people fall into this trap all the time. I my advice really is once you're on the interview trail, be prepared. Um, you know, know, it 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 can't hurt to <laughs> to obviously know the specifics of the program you're interviewing at and the specifics of the chairman there. And but every once in a while, I, I run into people on the trail who I don't. You know, you don't get the vibe. That that's necessarily the case. And then this is cliche, but but be yourself. I don't. I I hope I never fell into a trap where I was trying to tell um, the faculty that were interviewing me what I thought they wanted to hear, because if, if that's the case, I'm not sure that's the place you should be anyway. Um, you know, that's not maybe not the best best match for you as a program. So. Mhm. Mhm. Um,
1: there's a couple of uh, questions here in the chat room. There's a, a question. Uh, so, do, do you take um, an um, test? Or for people who don't know, that's that's kind of a, a, a patient simulation type examination where uh, uh, where students are tested on kind of these real fake. Uh, patients and uh, clinical decision making and things. Uh, well, how is that set up through your uh, medical school? There, uh, how are uh, kind of uh, simulated patients in your uh, curriculum?
2: We, we took uh, we took we had lots of standardized patients. We took lots of lots of OSCEs. I, uh, I actually just got finished with my last one, which was supposed to prepare me for the Step Two clinical skills exam, which is part of um, part of medical uh, licensure now in the United States, we have to go in and, and see uh, actors who are, who are uh, performing as patients and kind of simulating uh, symptoms and, and diseases and then come out and write a note about them and put down a differential diagnosis. Um, so we had lots of those, and they started uh, the first year. You know, we used, we used standardized patients just learning our physical skills exam, and then second year we started um, actually, taking OSCEs, and they continued through uh, through actually my rotations. So during my surgery rotation, the the rotation made me take a an OSCE with with standardized patients where I where it was like surgical problems. So
0: okay,
1: um, when uh, when is the graduation?
2: My I finish May ninth with my last rotation, and then I have to wait. <laughs> have to wait a couple of weeks my graduation's may twenty fourth
0: okay
1: okay um has it uh has it really hit you yet that uh you're kind of at the at the end of this road at this point or not yet
2: um no i feel i i'm still it hasn't quite hit me. I'm sure it will maybe after match a when it becomes a yeah. little bit more of a reality
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, usually match day is, is uh is uh, one of the big uh big steps. Uh and for people who don't know what that is, I mean you if you haven't seen it on TV, where you been? Uh but this is where uh this is where uh senior medical students uh find out where they're gonna be spending the next part of their training where they match as far as uh that goes. And and I I guess to, to let people know, in case people don't know, is uh you know, we talked about the interview process. And uh, what, uh, what medical students and what hospitals or residency programs do is that uh, medical students, um, they make a list of where they want to go, 1 through 5, 1 through 10, 1 through 20, and they uh, uh, submit it to this database. And the hospitals and the residency programs do the same thing. They, they submit a list, you know, 50, 100 or something medical students. And uh, nobody knows, pretty much, pretty much nobody knows uh, where anybody else is going um, until match day, which is usually in mid-May. Uh, but, but when did you have to uh, submit your uh, list call? My
2: Mine is in, and I'm, I'm not even going to look at it again, but it's actually not due. It's due February 25th. It's the final day you can submit it.
1: Okay. Okay. So fe- February 25th is the is, is a, is a final day. So usually... Both for medical students and for residency uh, programs, um, the time between you know the deadline to submit your list and match day is is usually pretty tense, depending on <laughs> where, depending on who you are and where you are. Uh, so, uh, so for senior medical students uh, and for residency programs, this is kind of a little bit anxious time. So, <laughs>
2: a little bit, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs>
1: uh so what, what 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 about some of your uh some of your colleagues there are uh um are some of them sweating it out or some of them uh kind of know where they're going or i mean have, have you been able to k- keep in touch because usually fourth year everybody kind of scatters about and does their own thing
2: exactly it's been it's been kind of surprising i'm uh so so i haven't been able to i mean you keep in touch with your closest friends but i've there's a huge chunk of my class i haven't seen in a long time there are there are uh on the rotation I'm on right now, it's it's six students, and and there are a couple of them who are still sweating exactly exactly what their rank list is gonna gonna look like, and haven't put it in yet, and they've got they've got a little bit less than a week now, so game down to the wire.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Uh... So let's kind of switch gears here. If you're just uh, joining us, uh, where the heck have you been? Uh, this is the Dr. Anonymous Show on Blog Talk Radio, and our guest here is Colin from uh, the blog uh, From Med School. And uh, if people want to call in at this point, the number here is uh, 646-716-9514 if you would like to uh, join the conversation here. And uh, why don't we just kind of switch gears here to your blog here. So it's uh, it's it's From Med School. And uh, do you remember kind of uh, your first experiences with blogging or new media or how, how did you kind of uh, first uh, experience the, uh, the media there?
2: Yeah, I, um, I guess when I started thinking about going to medical school and uh, I wasn't really big into new media uh, at the time, but, but just kind of getting a feel for for what medicine was like almost almost, almost as a career, I think. I think the first blog I might have read, and I was probably still in college, it may have been uh may been D uh med rants and I just I thought I thought it was a very cool medium and I, I've always been a writer and just to be able to self publish and and get your opinion out there and I respected what, what a bunch of, of medical bloggers were, were saying and kinda of used that to supplement my own research on you know, looking at a career in medicine as a possibility, and so, so, I mean, my first exposure to, to new media and, and blogs was was medical medical blogs.
1: Did you have a, an interest, uh, or, or did you work on the school newspaper, or did you keep your own journal or or diary or something like that growing up? Or
2: I, the major thing I wanted to do out in Hollywood and, and what what I studied in school was was actually write. So I've always been a writer, uh, more of a creative writer. Um, lots of short stories, uh, lots, lots of screenplays, stuff like that. So I, I was definitely a writer before before I started blogging.
1: Mhm, mhm. So at, at what point did you say, hey, I want to, I want to start a blog? Um, oh
2: man, it's been so long. I think, I think it was. Pretty soon after I got my acceptance into medical school, if I remember correctly, I have to go okay. back to the archives. But, but uh, and I guess, I guess early on the idea was just to kind of chronicle, you know, my my journey to medical school and then and then through it for four years, and it's kind of spread out since then. But but that was the original idea.
1: Hmm. Okay. And uh, how did you come up with the name? Would you uh, were you deciding between a, a couple different names, or how did that happen?
2: I um no, that that was my name, and I originally wanted to, to spell it appropriately, but it turned out that um, I think from med school spelled uh, spelled correctly that that domain was already taken, um, and so I I didn't want to take myself too seriously, and I wasn't really sure that I had a lot of, of poignant things to say, so I wanted to keep it a little bit lighthearted, at least in the title. So I kind of I kind of settled on a, from med school with a K. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, great. So do, do you remember kind of the first stuff that you started uh, uh, talking about or posting about? Was it... Uh... Um, was it news or was it some other things or, or um how did you come up with topics?
2: Um it's it's really evolved over time. I've always been very, very, very politically active and so it's kind of a natural course once I got to Boston medical school to get interested in healthcare policy and kind of current events and and um and uh you know, who healthcare legislation and and how healthcare is governed um so i pretty early on i started commenting a lot of a lot on news stories that dealt with that and it actually despite my original intention kind of strayed away from from kind of a an online journal of of life in medical school which is how i how i envisioned it when i started out
1: great great um so um do, do, do you intend on, on, on continuing to, to keep the blog going when you 're in residency um,
2: i'd like to actually i don 't know how how realistic that is. I find myself updating it less and less uh, even now but but i'm definitely going to make an attempt to how How realistic okay. do you think that is if if you had tried to to blog during your residency? <laughs>
1: Um, it, it, it would be really tough. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Uh,
1: so. uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, you know, if, uh, it, I think it's interesting in that, you know, if people know you're in residency, I think, you know, they're going to expect, you know, not too many updates, but when you okay. do update, they'll be like, oh, what are you doing? And, you know, how's it going? And, and, uh, you know, cause, and you see this too, is that you know the Hollywood. I mean, you, you know, we have not talk about Hollywood, but you know, they have a certain way that they present medical training, whether you're a med student or a resident or something like that. And and yeah, I have a lot of people, and and you do too, probably ask, you know, what's it, what is it really like? Yeah. Um, and I I think if you continue with with posting every once in a while, just say, hey, this is what's going on, and um, I I I think people will continue to follow
0: you.
2: Okay. Well, it's my intention, but we'll, we'll we'll see how how that becomes reality. And I, I guess soon.
0: Right.
1: Um, so, how did you uh, get involved with uh, with Grand Rounds?
2: Yeah. Um, so, everyone who's who's listening should should be a, a regular reader of Grand Rounds. I'm going to give that shout out. Um, Grand Rounds was is a blog carnival that was founded by by Nick Jeans, who is finishing up his um, emergency medicine residency in New York City, and um, I hosted, I had hosted Grand Rounds a couple of times. I just kind of stumbled across it because I was reading other medical blogs once I started my own, and um, I didn't, I didn't actually know Nick terribly well uh, over the internet, but um, a little bit, and I think, I think. Um, Nick's idea when he decided to step down was he had started grand rounds, he had started he had started blogging, uh he started blogging when, when he was a medical student. And I think it was it was something he wanted to do that when he did give it up, that he wanted to pass on at least part of the leadership to it, to to a medical student. Um and so for whatever reason, I don't know
0: if he he thought
2: I was that was organized or which may not May not be true, uh, or he he liked what I wrote, or but for whatever reason, um, Nick wrote me one day and said, "I'm thinking about handing this off. Would this be something you'd be interested in continuing?" And um, I always really enjoyed Grand Rounds, and I thought it was an important part of of the, the medical blogosphere, and so I I jumped at the chance to to help keep it going.
1: Great. Now, now, um, I guess as you uh, start residency, then uh, um, are you going to be continuing in that role or or not?
2: That um, that is something I would like to continue, and I think I think it may be may be feasible to do that. Um, but but obviously, uh, I mean, Nick managed to do it through most of his residency, but obviously it got it got at least in part got the better better of him towards towards the end of his training and when he was going into his chief year and he saw kind of time because is one of the reasons he was giving it up but as long as I can and uh, as long as I think I'm I'm doing an okay job keeping it organized and keep it going then yeah I would I would love to continue to be involved in in grand rounds
1: well great great well uh then uh so uh, i I'll, uh, I'll I'll give you a chance uh, to plug uh, the plug grand rounds again because this show is about uh, about plugging uh, so you know if if you're a medical blogger out there what why should people submit posts what you know why should people participate with grand rounds why is that a good idea
2: well if you're a blogger you should you should be submitting obviously because um, grand rounds hosts traditionally get get pretty substantial traffic. So uh if for no other reason then it's it's probably gonna gonna give you some readers um, from from the link from Grand Rounds. Uh is is reason enough itself. But I I don't know, one of the things I've always always loved about the, the medical block community and I think this is only getting true with shows like yours and um and you know the the growth of Twitter and it's it's a it feels like a very cohesive group. It's a very social group, and I think um, Grand Rounds is part of part of that tradition. You know, part of people keeping in touch, uh, keeping track of what what other medical bloggers are writing. Um, so I think the more people submit, the better it's going to be. Um, although it's always, and even if you're not submitting, you should, you know, you should be checking it out every week because there's some great material that's. Kind of aggregated there, and it's just a, a one place to to serve to serve all.
0: Well, great, great. Well,
1: in our last uh, remaining minutes here, how how uh, how is the rest of your fourth year kind of uh, stacking up there? What what is your uh, last uh, rotations that you got to take?
2: I, so I'm doing a uh, kind of an international advocacy and public health rotation right now, and then. All I got left is I have to, just kind of as elective credit, I'm doing um, during neurology rotation to end up the year, and that's it.
1: Yeah, let's. Uh, I, I thank you for reminding me of that because I wanted to ask you about that. Tell uh, tell me a little bit about your your, your advocacy rotation. What, what what are you doing uh, down there uh, right now in this rotation?
2: Um, we are down on the the Texas-Mexico border and and going to both sides. This is this the counties we're kind of working in are are two of the poorest counties in the country not just not just in the state of Texas uh, the per capita income is i think less than 10,000 dollars here in, in Cameron County uh for a family um uninsured rates 40 something percent um and so uh kind of coming down here and and uh we all looked at things we were kind of interested in and and got involved in advocacy projects. One I'm working on right now is the local school of public health puts out a a teen pregnancy curriculum out into the public schools and and uh, I'm kind of revising that and seeing how we can make that curriculum better. And uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much good it'll do, but but hopefully at least a little bit.
1: Great, great. Um, I guess my final question for you, and you touched on this before um what yeah, what is your opinion and what, what how do you see uh new media and social media kind of moving forward or or how social media and medicine will continue to try to integrate over the next few years
2: i i'm I'm fascinated by that i'm, I'm particularly fascinated by people who who are really interested in that like Jersey but uh uh I don't know. Um, I think there's a real role for new media in healthcare, um, especially in terms of of being able to in terms of communication between colleagues, communications between patients and physicians. Uh, I I uh, I was briefly talking to, to Jay Parkinson a, a while back, and I think that. That is just such a cool practice model. And for those who don't know, he's, um, Hello Health or whatever is essentially it's like a concierge service that really uses technology to communicate with patients, doesn't have an office, you know, just consults over, uh, you know, instant message and just just very cool. So I, don't, I think that's just going to continue to grow. And hopefully by the time I'm out and, and practicing, you know, there will be new things and ways I can use it using my
0: practice.
1: Great, great. So, Colin, before I let you go, was there, uh, is there anything I forgot to ask you or is there anything else that uh, you would want to uh, share with uh, uh, my vast audience before I let you go uh, this evening?
2: I, I'm i just... Nothing nothing about me, but but Grand Rounds, I think if, if everyone isn't reading it, they should be.
1: Great, well... Colin, your your personal blog is called From Med School with a K, and of course uh, uh, Grand Rounds. You can get there at uh, uh, I think through Dr. Val's site, GetBetterHealth.com/slash yep. Grand-Rounds. Grand you can find links to that at DrAnonymous.com. Uh, Colin, thanks so much for being on the show. I definitely want to keep in touch and. Uh, you know maybe we can touch base sometime you know sometime if we can find uh, some time in your residency there just to kind of see how things are going it'd be uh, it'd be great to bring it back and just kind of see how uh, things are going
2: i i really appreciate it thanks for having me on
1: okay thanks a lot colin have a good night you too all right kids. so uh that is uh colin and his uh his uh, blog is called uh, from med school and uh yeah great great guy it'd be, it'd be great to kind of try to try to uh, trace his steps as he goes through his, uh, uh, neurosurgical uh, residency. So presuming, uh, presuming the show does not get canceled. (laughs) We'll try to, uh, we'll try to uh, follow him here. So we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And, uh, at the end of, at the end of this break, we're going to continue with the show. I know I have a friend in the chat room, ER plane is going to dish the stuff about Dr. Donovan. So, uh, if don't go anywhere because uh, this is where it gets really really interesting so we'll take a little bit of a break you're listening to the Dr. Anonymous show on Block Talk Radio do not go anywhere To the Doctor Anonymous show on Blog Talk Radio, so uh, uh, on hold right now. <laughs> uh, this will be this will be really interesting. So on hold right now uh, is a friend of mine uh, from uh, uh, from back in the day, <laughs> uh, or as they as they would say on Friends, uh, in the days of yore. <laughs> and uh, uh, I haven't talked to this guy in uh, quite a long time, so this will be uh, very uh, interesting. If uh, other people want to call in and try to want to get the dish on me, the number here is six four six seven one six nine five one four. So I'm very hesitant about this, but we will uh, we will see what happens here. Er, plane, welcome to the show.
3: Am I am I there?
1: Uh, yeah. Am I on yeah, the air? Uh yeah, I, you're, you're live.
3: Yeah. Wow. First of which, uh Doctor A, I want to know how somebody who I know factually does not live and reside in New York City has a six four six area code for a call in number.
1: Uh yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, you I, know, I, I know. think us,
3: I, us New Yorkers lay claim to certain things in the world and a six four six is one of them.
1: I think it's uh I think it's wiretapping. That's what I think
3: it is. Uh, well, uh, then I apologize because, uh, I am all, all in favor of wiretapping. Uh, so, you know, how you doing?
1: <laughs> Good. How have you been, man? I've been, I would talk to you, uh, ever since we were in, in prison. Um, I don't know if I could share that on the air, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a long time.
3: Yeah. So, okay. You gotta let me know here since I haven't been following the, uh, Dr. Anonymous career. What do they know? What does the public know about you and not know?
1: Uh, they knew that um, I was on a on a a prison on the moon uh for about four years and then I went to uh, uh Venus and then Mars and then came back to to earth and uh, and uh, I am uh, uh something with about kryptonite i don't know
3: so where did you where did you land on the planet earth
1: um I landed in uh Chicago. And uh, I had to get the hell out of there. So uh, I came back home here to Ohio.
3: Well, as a New Yorker, uh, thank God you got the hell out of Chicago. I don't know why anybody would live there.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
1: I say that because uh, cause, uh, Annie and Burl, who's in my chat, good friends of me in the show. They're from the Chicago uh, land area up there. So uh, oh, we're, we're having
3: uh, <laughs> Apologies, Andy and Burl. I love Chicago, actually. I'm just trying to make fun of Dr. A as much as possible.
1: <laughs> uh, so, uh, so how was how uh, how's New York these days? What's uh, um, what's the, what's, what's, the uh, what's the buzz in New York?
3: Well, the lack of a buzz is probably the greatest buzz these days. So, um, uh, as you know, the industry that I work in is getting hammered left and right, and uh, my God, it's just uh, it's a surreal environment right now, quite honestly, and it's uh, kind of sad in that regard. Um, I, a didn't, lot of guys I
1: didn't think uh, I didn't think the adult uh, entertainment industry was taking that much of a hit.
3: Well, you know, it's all this free porn, and it's all these people not even watching porn on the internet. They're watching, you know, this blog talk radio stuff, and you know, that's their stimulation.
1: Uh, so, so are are you saying that that I am single-handedly bringing down this economy, uh, you know, and, and ruining the adult entertainment industry by having this show? Is that what you're saying?
3: I am saying you are porn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. And, Man. you know,
3: that's, that's, it's an addiction for a lot of people, and I think Dr. A is an addiction. That's, that's the A, really. It's not Dr. Anonymous. It's Dr. Addiction.
1: Wow. Man. See, all, all these, all these uh, revelations that are, going, uh, that are going on. Jeez. He's shedding shedding light on my audience here and uh and blowing off the lid about uh about Doctor A.
3: No, but um in all seriousness, how's uh, how's everything with you? I know um I saw your blog a couple of days ago and you had some good things, interesting things to say about the uh stimulus bill, which I was kind of interested in learning a little bit more about your perspective. You know, uh I know there's there's some controversy surrounding what Obama's uh decision to kind of have a centralized database, isn't there? And uh, so what do, you, what do you think is going to happen with that? You know, where's the controversy right now?
1: Well, I, I, I think uh, um, from, uh, from my post, uh, and if people haven't checked it out, it's at uh, uh, That There are concerns out there that uh, the government is going to get more and more involved with health care, meaning that they are going to be the ones to judge what the best treatments are, um, sometimes based on cost, uh, and the debate has been going around. Well, what does that really mean? Uh, and one of the the things that have been thrown out there is, as people get older, the cost benefit ratio gets worse, and if you break a hip at age 70 or 80 or even 60 or whatever, that the government can say, hey. Uh, that's not cost uh, effective so you're not going to get that treatment or if you have some kind of rare disease uh, where you need some kind of you know uh, a specialized or expensive treatment uh, and usually chemotherapy cancer treatments um, are pretty expensive Uh, if you are a certain age or if they run the numbers and, and they say you know uh, that treatment is too expensive. You're not going to get that treatment, right. And uh, so that that's and it's taking taking the taking the uh, the decision making out of the physician's hands and and putting it more in government hands. Uh, so I think that's kind of part of what's the, the core of the debate. I mean, the, the thing that I have no problem with, um, and, and the thing that was sold. Uh, and was was kind of the uh, uh, um, uh, the the kind of the front story was that oh well doctors are not for computerized medical records how can they be against that I'm not against that you know I think it's a good thing I think that you know if I'm on vacation in Hawaii and I get hurt and they take me to the hospital and they can go into the computer and, and log into some kind of federal database and say these are my allergies, you know, these are some CAT scans I had done last month here in Ohio and they can do that. I mean, they can't do that now. I think that's a good thing. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that part, you know, I, I support, you know, and, and, uh, but there's these other things that uh, are, you know, people are very upset about uh, mainly. Okay. So there's going to be this federal database. Uh, so what is the government going to do with that data are they going to you know how they how are they going to judge me as a doctor how are they going to judge patients um, and are they going to how is the government going to determine what type of health care that their citizens are going to make or are or, or, or going to get um, right. so because uh, you know everybody talks about the cost of health care and and the government wants to get involved and say we want to be the ones to cut the cost of healthcare, how they want to do it is basically saying you can get this treatment and you cannot get this treatment, and that's how we're going to get the cost down, and I don't agree with that.
3: Oh, that's interesting. So now in the bill, in the stimulus bill that passed, the latter part that you spoke of, the the database, if you will, the one that kind of tells people in Hawaii, oh, hey, he's got allergies, that's already written, but the second part, the first part that you spoke about the um the possibility, if you will, of kind of more decision making based upon age and demographic. And that is that explicit in the bill, or is that afraid what may be interpreted? Because I'm I'm really interested. That,
1: in that that is uh that is a reading between the lines.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, the the the, uh, the people who have done the research on this, they uh, they read a book. By a former senator and former um, um, uh, uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services designate uh, Tom Daschle. He wrote a book last year kind of outlining some of these um, ideas. And uh, uh, you know, many people think that he was in the front seat to direct and to write that specific health care legislation in an economic stimulus bill. Uh, and he was kind of front and center with that language, and that's where they are um, kind of extrapolating some of these ideas. Now, what the bill says is that there's going to, and there is, uh, a uh, a new layer of bureaucracy or a new kind of, I wouldn't call it a healthcare care czar. Um, I'm going to try to find the exact language here. Uh, But it is somebody who, you know, who they say is a um, electronic, uh, here it is, the National Coordinator of Health Information Technology. Now, what is that? Um, The bill does not specifically say or define what that is. And in Dashell's book, he states that uh, it needs to be uh, uh, worded vaguely. And what he goes into great detail on is that when the Clintons tried to do their health care thing, the things that they did wrong, why they did not succeed in, in, in recreating health care, was that one, they gave too much detail so people could break it down, and second, they gave people too much time to fight it. So that's why um, this uh, health care uh, policy. Uh, was shoved into this economic stimulus bill which is one of the 1500 pages that nobody read but voted on so that's kind of where they're getting some of this thinking from
3: you know the interesting thing about Dashell's book it actually missed a page there's no 1040 in the book it goes from page 1039 to 1041 but apparently Dashell forgot his 1040
1: (laughs) You know, I I I, th- I think it's I think when they were doing their vetting process, I think one of the criteria was if you paid your taxes, then then you're not part of the government. So I don't know.
3: Oh, interesting point. <laughs> so he's really he's really. Are you saying he's really a libertarian?
1: Uh I don't know. Maybe I'm a libertarian. I have no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, libertarians don't dress as well as you. Look at that nice tie on a Thursday evening.
1: <laughs> uh so in 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 case, in case people yeah, and, and I, I do want to give a, a little a little uh, background to to my audience about this um you know ER plane and I we you know through uh, through high school and things uh you know we we were we were really freaks <laughs> that we uh you know we, we talked about current events we talked about government type of stuff and uh, this is this is kind of a typical type of conversation uh, uh that we would have and uh it's uh it's um, it's it, it just really really interesting. Um, I, I I guess I, I guess if I can uh, maybe ask you their ER plane there. Uh, but well, what's kind of been your your impression or or, or or you know since inauguration day or how do you think uh, things are going?
3: Um, I mean, how do I say this? First off, I uh, let me give my political background. I am a Republican. but I'm a very moderate one. I voted for McCain. But I live in New York State, so my vote was about as worthwhile as, you know, I don't know, voting in Venezuela against Chavez. But um, I was really hopeful of Obama, and I still am. I think he's going to be a very good president. I think he's the right man for the right time. But I'll say this. I think um, I'm giving him a very low B- minus so far. Part of the reason is, considering I'm in the banking industry, um, his secretary of treasury last week, Tim Geithner, came out, was was supposed was getting hyped up for coming out with this great second wave of the bank bailout that was going to be very specific, and it was an absolute bust. It was very conceptual. Um, in my opinion, no Democrats that even supported Geithner's speech that they have any room uh, to criticize Hank Paulson, because I think Hank Paulson was very hands-on and was trying to stop this absolute crisis from getting worse and worse, and I think Geithner was a bit of a disappointment. So um, – I give Obama credit for getting such a large stimulus bill through. I think uh, if I had to say it if, – if he had to do it over, he should have written that bill and sent it over to Pelosi and Reid. Instead, he let Pelosi and Reid write it, and that's when all the pork got thrown in, and that's what created this huge fragmentation between Democrats and Republicans. So B-minus my, is my grade for today.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into politics because I, I don't want to drive away my entire audience. But just uh, <laughs> kind of interesting because I haven't talked to you, with you in a while. Uh, uh, so I, I guess kind of uh, you know shifting gears here. So we so uh, so er Plane and I were were you know, we were in high school together and uh, uh, it's uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know what kind of stories that you have on me
3: there. Well, ER
0: Plain, the only, but, the uh, one that
3: comes to mind is the one that comes to mind is how you were an accomplice. To one of the great tennis racket scandals of the sectional tennis tournament of your senior year.
1: Ah, I, I can neither uh, confirm nor deny that, there, Senator. I, can, can you maybe refresh, uh, uh, or even maybe let the uh, let my audience know what what you remember and what I maybe remember?
3: Well, I don't know how much I can tell because I think. Uh, you know, it may implicate myself, and God only knows if I have political ambitions. I want this, uh, you know, on record on the internet. So, uh, well, there's
1: a statute of limitations. You're you're fine. All
3: right. Well, in that case, I remember a, a a sectional high school tennis tournament that was indoors due to rain, which I think you probably remember.
1: Yes, and and I think I think our teammate, will call him Bob, and Bob? Uh, I yeah, we'll call him Bob. Uh, Well, for our story, he's Bob.
3: Okay, for Bob. So there was a guy named Bob, and he was walking outside in the parking lot of this indoor tennis tournament when he happened to stumble across a car that was unlocked. Was that not the case?
1: Uh, Yes, I I do recall that.
3: And if I recall, inside there was a host of many, many, many brand-new tennis rackets, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, a bunch
0: of them.
3: <laughs> and if I recall, I think it was Bob, we'll call him Bob, um, yeah, we'll had call this him Bob. Idea of, of taking the tennis rackets, correct?
0: Yes.
3: And I remember, but Bob didn't drive that day. And I think somebody who had a white mobile drove that day. And I think that was Dr. Correct.
0: Uh, uh, That's
1: I'm kind of fuzzy on but I do remember hearing that that might have happened there um, officer
3: well I remember one of Bob's friends and Dr. A's friends let's call him George so George got Dr. Anonis's, uh car keys which he didn't know why because he was busy actually playing while the rest of us were sitting on the bench and within a few minutes time I remember Bob running around the building yelling, open the trunk, open the trunk. And so I opened the trunk, and he threw a whole bunch of uh, or – I'm sorry, George, not I. And if I recall, he threw a whole bunch of tennis rackets in the trunk of that white car that could have been owned by somebody related to Dr. Anonymous.
1: Uh, Ah, and it was right next to the stripper from what I uh, remember there, I think. It was
3: right next to the stripper. So then I remember the whole – I remember that person that could have been Dr. Anonymous driving the whole tennis team home, not believing that there was actually a bunch of, uh, let's say, confiscated goods in, his, uh, in the back of his car. <laughs>
0: so oh, right.
3: man. We had to pull over a Walmart substitute parking lot and open the trunk, and sure enough, there were all these tennis rackets. And whose tennis rackets were they? Weren't they like the arch enemy of our number one player?
0: Yes, yes, they, they, they were,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
3: if I understood, Dr. A paid for part of his medical school by selling some of those tennis rackets. Isn't that correct? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I I think it bought some of this equipment, like this microphone that people are seeing uh, on the screen here. So, yeah, so thanks a lot there, uh, whoever maybe, uh, you are.
3: Maybe part of that tie I think it paid for.
1: I think so. I think so. Hey, we We have a caller here. I I, I think it's uh I think it's Chicago here. So I, I'm going to do my best uh uh my best Larry King here.
4: Chicago. Hello. Uh Dr. Anonymous, goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and hello Dr. Anonymous's friend. How you doing?
3: I'm good. Is this Chicago?
4: Well, yeah. I don't brag about it though. All right. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So uh do, so do 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 you have a question for for my uh for my good friend here?
4: Yes. Yeah yes yes I do. Um at the beginning of the story I am taking notes. I will have you know. Uh we misunderstood is that sexual tennis scandal? I I do believe that I heard that word incorrectly.
3: Uh sexual tennis. Well, I don't know what Dr. Anonymous did with the tennis rackets after we left him, so <laughs>
4: okay well i just kind of wanted to uh clear that up um this this is going to be very very good um you you are my favorite guy tonight dr a is going to pay for this
2: wow okay in a good
4: way uh, in 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 a good way in a good way really Thank you so much oh uh, yeah uh,
1: <laughs> uh, how are you doing wow that
4: was the best story ever so i get grief because i make a teacher cry yeah, you're a thief. Uh, I
1: wouldn't say thief. I, I, was, I was just uh, borrowing it. And it's, it, they're on eBay now. They can get them back for the right price.
4: You stole your arch enemy's tennis rackets in your trunk. You pulled over in a Walmart parking lot because there were strippers there. What is wrong with you? <gasps>
1: I know, I know that 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 is such the suburbanite story. I know, but that's uh, you know, that's the best I
4: got. Sometimes my script just writes itself. I swear. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, thank thank you for calling in as as always. It's always okay. nice to talk to you.
4: Oh, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay so uh so yeah let me let me give you some background story here so um uh so I am part of a uh wildly popular hit soap opera here on the Blog talk radio network All
0: right and um haha,
1: and uh I guess what we have participated in is uh the next script where I will be apparently uh being involved with some uh, tennis rackets. And fevery. Uh, so, uh, so thanks a lot there, now.
3: Well, hey, it's like reality TV more than a soap opera, isn't it?
1: <laughs> and if people want to check that out, you can go to AnnieBurlTalk.com, and you can get more details. Uh, more details.
3: Can I make a, one uh, production comment?
1: Uh, yeah, sure, go ahead.
3: You know, behind you, I see all these like white doors. It doesn't really have that, like, hospital feel to it, like, you know, watching ER or something like that. You know, do you think you can get, like, a backdrop or something, like, you know, some green tile or, like, you know, some blood or something?
0: Blood? Wow, that's little,
3: huh. That's a little dreary, but, you know.
1: What else? You
3: know, have some, like, old Forbes magazines and, like, modern living from, like,
1: 1988. Wow, huh. Well, what if I put, like, a stripper pole behind me? Would that uh... – will that
2: help?
3: Uh, well, it depends if it's occupied or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: any uh yeah, well uh you know cuz I, I I'm here uh yeah, you that know, I I'm responsive to my uh, to my fans. Uh you you're like the like you're like the um om, um's om, or something like that. So well so you I mean I you know I, I think this is your first uh, Dr. Anonymous show experience. Uh so what uh, what we'll, so what do you think uh, there? Or plane.
3: How, how about maybe a big picture of like Eric LaSalle or something? That'd be nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, there you go.
1: There you go. hmm I
3: like that. I still miss him.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I well, I, I, I always I always wanted to, you know, to, to touch my inner George Clooney.
0: <laughs>
3: I think you were with that tennis racket, weren't you?
1: Uh I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With uh this is, this is great, Airplane. This is going to be a whole new segment to my show. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to touch base with you afterward. The uh, the back-in-the-day stories about uh, Dr. Anonymous. and well, uh, this is yeah, the one
3: gonna... I'm doing, by the way. If you have me on after that, it's like Carson, okay? I get like 500 bucks. Uh, Really? Yeah, you know, it's a tough time you... being a banker here. i got to get money wherever I can.
1: You can take my stimulus bill money. How about that?
3: Oh, Fantastic. <laughs> so when I'm six years old, and I need a new hip. You know, it, it'll come back to haunt me.
0: <laughs> all all right.
3: In all seriousness, I got to say this is a great thing you're doing. I think it's uh, it's fantastic. It's um, it, it, this reminds me of of my brother and I when we were little kids, you know, with our AM radios underneath our pillows, listening to like you know Cleveland Indians games or like you know the local talk radio station.
1: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah,
1: one. and uh, to tell share people where you where you went to college
3: there, man. Am I allowed to? Doesn't that give any hints away about your true identity?
1: Uh, people know who it is anyway, so it doesn't matter.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I went to the wonderful Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio.
1: Now, you said when you were there, you worked on the radio. Like, is that true? Like, what kind of stuff did you do?
3: WBGU 88.1 The Shark FM. Yeah, it was uh, my freshman year. Uh, my freshman year, I took the uh, DJ classes. And I did, uh, you know, they had a 88.1, was their alternative rock station run by the students. And so I DJ'd most of freshman year. But the only problem is I never got my own time slot. I was only subbing in for people. And they always freaking put me uh, on the midnight shift, and it drove me nuts. So, And they were kind of discriminatory. Like the communication majors were the ones that got the, the – the time slot, me being a lowly business major, I never got a, I never got the uh, full time slot.
1: Ah, okay, okay. Well, good. Well, you, you can share some of your experience with me because I'm still, uh, I'm still a rookie.
3: Well, there wasn't too much. The only time, the only experience I remember is I had doing a midnight shift one time and I had like two tickets to give away for a local concert. And I made the mistake of asking for, i say, I'll take the third caller we'll get the ticket. And it was like 2.30 in the morning, and the phone rang once, and the phone rang twice, and I never got a third phone call. And I thought, either my show's bad or these tickets are bad, and I kind of blamed it on my show. And so uh, the next hour, I just said, oh, hey, it's until one but guess what? I got two more tickets. And then I got, I said, the first caller will get these, and sure enough, the first caller got them. So. Wow. Wow. So that's about how popular I was on the air. So,
0: <laughs> great.
1: Well, I only have a few minutes left uh, on the show here, but I, I do want to thank you for for calling in there. Um, so, is is this your number here? I, I want to call you after the show because I, I want to catch up with you
0: quick, a little bit. Yeah, so my cell this... phone.
3: Yeah, yeah. So give me a call. Right. Um, yes, yeah, definitely. A great catch. wait, airplane. When did Doctor A lose his thick lens from the '80s videos?
1: Hey, hey, don't 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 tell anybody that yet. That's that's the tease for the next time you're on the show. So so so, oh. so uh, hold that.
3: So I'll have to make up a really good story for that one.
1: Exactly that's what I'm saying. It's
3: radio. So, oh, okay, no, so anyway, thanks wait, so. Really, thanks for giving me some time. I really appreciate that.
1: Hey, no problem. I will I will call you probably at the uh, at the bottom of the hour here and uh we can come up with uh, with some stuff uh, for the show here it's uh I have some ideas. I have some ideas and uh, I think it's going to be time. So, uh so thanks a lot for uh, for calling in, uh, and I will talk to you in a little bit.
3: Yeah, sounds good. Take care, everybody. Bye.
1: Okay. All right, kids. So that is uh, that's my good buddy there, Erplane, and uh, maybe we'll bring him back on the show here. And uh, so it's always it's always good to talk with him. Uh, he is well versed on a bunch of topics, and uh, maybe we can just kind of chat it up here on the show every once in a while. So that'll that'll be fun. So I got uh, about four minutes left. So I do want to thank. Uh, uh, I do want to thank my guest here. I don't want to thank Colin, and I want to plug his show, uh, his his uh, 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 blog here again. It's uh, from Med School. You spell Med School with a K. From MedSchool and definitely read his lead post on interviewing for residency. That's a great uh, great insight there on the residency interviewing process. And he's also a part of the uh, the premier, the best medical. Uh, blog carnival around. It's called uh, Grand Rounds. You can get there through uh, uh, Dr. Val's site, getbetterhealth.com and uh, click on the Grand Rounds icon. If you've never uh, uh, checked that out before, definitely check it out, especially if you are interested in health and medicine and how can you not be. And I want to thank uh, Irv Plain for for calling into the show here and uh, giving some dish uh, to to my listeners here. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, and thanks a lot for everybody in the chat room for hanging out and uh, thank you, thanks uh, to those of you who are listening uh, to this uh, on the archives and you can always uh, find this at uh, DrAnonymous.com and uh, check out me on Facebook I have a new and improved Facebook page and you can get there through DrAnonymous.com and look uh, for the uh, Facebook icon and click on that and it will get you to the show link there uh, and also, su- subscribe on iTunes. Uh, just put the "Dr. Anonymous Show" in the search bar, and you can find uh, uh, find me on iTunes. Subscribe, leave a, a review, and over here, right on Blog Talk Radio, you can uh, friend me. You can uh, make this show a favorite. You can leave a comment. That's great ways that you can support the show here. So, our next show here will be uh, Saturday night. Uh, it will be uh, February 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern time and uh, still, still shooting around the name of the show so some people like uh, uh some people like uh, the night shift some people like on call with dr ray so uh maybe leave me a comment there on the uh, facebook page here let me know what it is but it'll be uh, saturday february 21st 2009 at 9 p.m eastern time and uh next uh, week uh, february 26th uh we're going to be going to be having uh uh, Dr. Gwen our friend Dr. Gwen from pediatricsnow.com a pediatrician obviously and uh, she also has a blog called drgwenisin. uh blogspot com. and we'll be interviewing the uh, bloggers uh, and podcasters Vicky and Jen they're very popular in the uh, parenting uh blogosphere and they have a great podcast a great blog they've featured dr gwen a few times and uh we'll be interviewing them next week so uh uh great stuff here on the uh, dr anonymous show so thanks a lot for uh, tuning in uh you can always find me at dr good night from the buckeye state here let me find uh some uh closing music to uh get out of here so we'll see everybody uh On Saturday night, oh, yeah, check out uh, at the bottom of the hour here, uh, uh, Damage, Inc. here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Just search uh, Damage, Inc. Um, Eric was in our chat room here uh, from Damage, Inc., uh, so I know he's over there getting ready for his show, so check that out. And uh, we will see you Saturday night for the Dr. Anonymous show. Good night from the Buckeye State, and we'll see you later.